Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Isn't it wonderful to study the Bible? Yes, you know. And is it costly to study the Bible? Well, nine people were gunned down for studying the Bible in Charleston, uh, South Carolina. Pastor and eight others as a man walked into a Bible study and gunned nine people down. Isn't that something? There's our brothers and sisters. It really brings us a gratefulness to be able to study the Bible. And um, was that so bad to be gunned down? Well, yeah, but uh, they just went from the, the Bible study from a distance to the Bible study more direct as they came into the Lord's presence. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the Bible. And uh, Lord, we, we do thank you for giving us the Bible and for giving us your Holy Spirit to help us teach us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you turn in Genesis chapter 28, verse 10, and um, we'll begin there. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father, and the God of Isaac, and the land whereon thou liest, and to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest and will bring thee again into this land and I will not leave thee until I've done that which I have spoken to thee of. Now, so in our last study, you remember how David arrived at this place called Bethel, which is called there a certain place. In verse 11, he lighted upon a certain place and carried there all night because the sun was set. Was at that place that Jacob found God. And the way it looked to Jacob that he found God is the same way it looks to us when we find the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. It looks like we found God. But this is not exactly how this particular scene is described in the book of Hosea. Because in the book of Hosea, chapter 12, verse 4, in Hosea 12, 4, it describes this scene and it says that he found him in Bethel. And there he spake with us. And so we're told in Hosea 12, 4, he found him in Bethel. That's interesting the way it's put. God found Jacob in Bethel. See, Jacob may have thought, I found God. But Hosea tells us God found Jacob. And what are the implications of that when we look at that, that we say he found him 
If God found Jacob in Bethel, that means God was looking for Jacob. And so what we're studying here in Genesis 28, the finding of Jacob by God, that means that we can look at this verse, this verse 10 here, and Jacob went out from Beersheba. And it's the same verse, this verse 10 here, is when Adam sinned against God in Genesis 3.8. Because in Genesis 3.8, it says, they heard, Adam and Eve, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid himself from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. I have that plaque in my garden. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden of the cool of the day. But I didn't put the second part of that verse there where they hid themselves because I'm not trying to hide myself from God. Anyway, Adam was separated from God. And Adam, therefore, hid himself from God because of sin. But the amazing part of the verse in Genesis 3.8 is not that Adam hid himself from God, but the amazing part of Genesis 3.8 it's the next verse, Genesis 3, 9, where it says, and the Lord God called unto Adam and said, where art thou? That's amazing. That's amazing. It's not amazing that Adam sins and, and offends God and goes, hides himself from God. That's what you expect. What's amazing is God goes into a I must find Adam mode, which is a Genesis 3, 9. And what we're seeing here is God has gone into a I must find Jacob mode. And that's why it's so significant what it says about this verse here we're studying in Hosea there, where it says that God found Jacob in Bethel. Because that's the mission of Jehovah Jesus. As he said it in Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost, which means that Jehovah Jesus came to seek and to save Jacob that was lost, and he found him in Bethel. And so when we ask the next question, well, what does all this history have to do with me? I mean, that's all great. This happened thousands of years ago. But what has this got to do with me personally in my life right now? Where's the application of this history here? And that's where that one word in Hosea 2.14 answers that question. Because in Hosea 2.14, when it says, he found him in Bethel, the next part says, there he spake with us. You say, what? What do you mean? He found him in Bethel. Don't you mean that he found him in Bethel and there he spake with Jacob? But that's not what it says in Hosea 2.14. It says he found him in Bethel and there he spake with us. That means that when God is speaking to Jacob in Bethel, God is speaking to us. He's speaking to us through this account. He's speaking to Jacob. He's speaking to us. That really means that what's really important for us, this passage is really important for us because God is speaking to us through what happens here. God is speaking to us by what he says to Jacob. God is speaking to us by what Jacob sees here. So that's how we do this passage. That's how we, that's why we hone in on this passage and all the passages in the Bible and say, God is speaking to me through that. And so the section really starts in verse 10 with Jacob leaving home, where it says, and Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And we saw how this was a very traumatic departure from home. I mean, just think about what Isaac must have been thinking about 
from in verse 10. You know, Jacob leaves, Jacob's perspective. Jacob leaves, Isaac's perspective. Isaac's perspective as Jacob leaves home. Isaac looks at Jacob in verse 10 when it says, and Jacob went out. And what was Isaac thinking when he, from verse 10, as he saw his boy, his boy Jacob leave home? See, Isaac must have been thinking something along these lines. My father Abraham was not born with God being the God of Abraham. God became the God of Abraham in the life of Abraham. God became the God of Abraham. And Isaac would say, I was not born with God being the God of Isaac. God became the God of Isaac in my life. Abraham could not make God the God of Isaac. God had to become the God of Isaac in the life of Isaac. And so it is with my son, as I am now looking at verse 10, Jacob left home, Jephthah left Beersheba. And so it is with my son Jacob now. Jacob was not born with God being the God of Jacob. I cannot make God the God of Jacob. God will have to become the God of Jacob in the life of Jacob. And the same is true for our kids. The same is true for our kids. God is not automatically the God of our kids. We cannot make God the God of our kids. God has to become the God of our kids in the lifetime of our kids. And so as Isaac watches Jacob leave in verse 10, we can imagine Isaac's feelings. You know, it wasn't exactly like, you know, Isaac could say, you know, uh, uh, I'm so proud of my boy Jakey here. <laughs> Let me tell you, you know, not exactly, you know, we can identify. Anyway, so he would say, there goes my son Jacob. If I could have made God the God of Jacob, I would have, but I couldn't and I can't. There goes my son Jacob, and there were times, believe me, when I felt like grabbing my son Jacob and shaking Jacob and saying to Jacob the words of Proverbs 14, 12, Jacob, there's a way which seems right to you, but those, I'm telling you that the end thereof are the ways of death. And he would say, you know, there goes my son Jacob, and there were times when I'd grab Jacob, I could have grabbed him and shook him and said, Jacob, and I just would have said the words of Proverbs 3, 5, and 7. Jacob, why can't you trust in the Lord with all your heart and stop with all this leaning to your own understanding? Why can't you just in all thy ways acknowledge him and trust that he will direct thy paths? Jacob, why can't you stop being wise in your own eyes and just fear the Lord and depart from this evil? But Isaac, he could not because Isaac could not make God the God of Jacob. Isaac could not make that happen. And all Isaac could do in verse 10 was to give Jacob to God in prayer. All he could do was to pray for Jacob that God would become the God of Jacob. And when Isaac watched verse 10 happen, Jacob went out from Beersheba, 
we see ourselves in the same boat as with our kids when they leave home. And we just say with Isaac, I'd like for God to be the God of my kids, but I can't make that happen. So all I can do is pray for my kids. Now, Jacob has got his bed all arranged with those stones perfectly placed. You can just picture him doing that, you know, put a stone here, a stone there. Doesn't look like a pillow, but maybe it'll be all right. (laughs) And he's ready for a good night's sleep with those stones for pillows. And he falls into a deep sleep. And we read about the sleep in verse 12. And it says, and he dreamed. And behold, the ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. Jacob dreams a dream when he's out there. And what a dream Jacob had. It's a dream you'll never forget. We'll never forget. It's a fabulous dream. A person, we could say, you know, another person might have been sleeping on the most comfortable bed with the most comfortable $300 duck-down pillows from Saks Fifth Avenue for most luxurious, protected house and be miserable without God. And never have a wonderful dream like this dream that Jacob had. My friend Reuben, he lost all of his money, the Iranian Jewish man, and he lost all of his money. And so his brother's son was getting married in Jerusalem. And so the whole family was going, but his wife doles out the cash, see? So she says to him, no money for you, Reuben. He says, why not? He says, because my money is for my kids and you're not one of my kids. <laughs> Poor guy. So anyway, um, his daughter gave the money. So he's going to Jerusalem on, on Wednesday for a couple of weeks. Anyway, so he's going to be there. And he was telling me, he said, all of my relatives are millionaires, multimillionaires, and I have nothing, he says. You know. <laughs> anyway, so I told him, I said, Reuben, I said, when you go there, you will be the poorest person and they will be the richest person. He says, yeah, that's right. And I said, but really, Reuben, you will be the richest person, and they're the poorest people in that group, because you have the Lord Jesus Christ. See, Jacob here, he doesn't look like he, you know, he doesn't, he's not in a very comfortable, luxurious house and, and stones for pillows. But by contrast, here lies Jacob, totally exposed in the cold desert with stones for pillows, And that person in that most luxurious house would gladly trade places with Jacob exposed on that stone if he could have a dream like that, if he could have a dream like this. There's Jacob in the most helpless, vulnerable situation, and he's got this glorious dream that happens to him out there. What happened? What happened to Jacob out there that night? Well, what happened is really described by Balaam. Balaam said in Numbers 24.4, he that hath said which heard the words of God, which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance, but having his eyes opened. You'd think Jacob, he's fallen into this deep sleep, his eyes are closed. No, his eyes are open, just like Balaam said. Jacob fell into a trance, having his eyes open. So what happened that night is described by Moses In Deuteronomy 4.36, which is a great verse for us to take to heart, out of heaven he made thee to hear his voice that he might instruct thee. That's a wonderful verse. That describes what happened to Jacob. That's a great verse to lay hold on when you sit down in the morning for your quiet time with God and say, oh God, 
I'm going to pray the prayer of Deuteronomy 4.36, which says, out of heaven, he made thee to hear his voice, that he might instruct thee. And we would say, Lord, out of heaven, make me to hear thy voice, that you might instruct me. That's a prayer to start a morning devotion time with. Out of heaven, make me to hear your voice, that you might instruct me, Deuteronomy 4.36. Now, what was seen in this dream is very unusual. What was seen in these verses 12 and 13? What was seen in the dream is so astounding that there's one word that's used to emphasize the astoundingness of what was seen, and this one word is used three times. What's that word? What word is used to express the astoundingness of this dream? It's used three times in verses 12 and 13. It's the word hine, behold. See, the description of what Jacob saw in this dream is described by behold, hine. You know, verse 12, behold, a ladder, hine, a ladder. Verse 12, behold, the angels of God, hine, the angels of God. Verse 13, behold, the Lord stood above it, hine, the Lord stood above it. See, this dream is so surprising, it's so astounding that it's a hine this and a hine that and a hine over there. <laughs> it reminds me of my little granddaughter, Kate. She has a very limited vocabulary. You know, water is wah-wah, that's about it, you know. But there's one word that she uses all the time. You know what that word is? Wow. <laughs> and you show her, say, Kate, here's some new shoes. Wow, she says, you know. Kate, here's the swimming pool. Wow, you know. Kate, you want to go to sleep? No. <laughs> but this is what these three times that this word is, behold is expressing in verse 12 and 13. It's a wow, this, and a wow, that, and a wow, over there. And the first wow, or behold, or hine, in verse 12, is the word, and behold, a ladder. Wow, a ladder. How amazing is that? Jacob saw a ladder. I mean, think about that. Behold, a ladder, in verse 12. I mean, you know, think about a ladder, you know. What happens without a ladder? Well, if you don't have a ladder, you can't get up somewhere. Without a ladder, you just kind of longingly desire to get there. You know, without a ladder, you got frustration without a ladder. Now, I want to go up there, but I can't because I don't have a ladder. So what do I do? I don't look and live, I look and long. How <laughs> that I could go up there? Look and long, that's terrible words. And you can't get there because you don't have a ladder. Without a ladder, you look and long because the ladder gives you access you know, last week the air conditioning went out. There's a main server in the house with all the computer equipment and so forth, and it's in the attic, and it gets hot, and it needs the air conditioning to run on it. So I needed to get up there, get a fan on that equipment. It was urgent, and I couldn't get up there without a ladder. That's the story of my life. I'm always battling gravity. If it wasn't for gravity, I could just jump right up there. But anyway, I had no access without a ladder. But Clint put in a ladder. I had access to the attic. See, that's the great name for the word ladder, access, access. The ladder allows access. That's a wonderful word, access. The Bible talks about how wonderful that word is, access, because it describes the Lord Jesus Christ three times with the word access. It says in Romans 5, 2, by whom also we have access 
by faith into this grace room we stand. Rejoice in the hope, glory of God. Ephesians 2.8, for through whom we have both access by one spirit unto the Father. <laughs> Ephesians 3.12, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. See, the Lord Jesus Christ is our 5-2 by whom we have access. See, that means that without the Lord Jesus Christ, we have no access. Our access to God is only by him. That's why that one word is very important, by. By whom? By whom we have access. It tells us, Romans 5-2 tells us, there's no access to God without the Lord Jesus Christ. The same message as John 14-6, where Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. No man has access to the Father except by me. By whom? Romans 5.2. Coming to the Father is all about access, and without the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no access to the Father. Ephesians 2.18, through whom, not by whom, but through whom we have access. We only have access to God when we come through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're told about what it means to come to God through the Lord Jesus Christ in a verse that's already been emphasized in the service before in Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. See, we have access to God because we have redemption through his blood. We have access to God because we have forgiveness through his blood. See, Colossians 1.20, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. Verse that Tim quoted earlier. We have access to God because we have peace and reconciliation through his blood. And the last, so we've done the by whom we have access, we have the through whom we have access, and now we have the last one in Ephesians 3.12, which is the in whom we have access. It's only if we are in the Lord Jesus and he is in us that we have access. He stands at the door, of the, he stands at the door of the heart, he knocks at the door of the heart, he calls, to, for the, he calls outside the door of the heart, any man hear my voice? And then if the person responds, opens the door of the heart, he comes in, permanent resident, live in the person. See, I got access to the attic by the ladder through using the ladder when I was on or in the ladder. <laughs> and in the same way, our access to God is Romans 5.2, by Christ, Ephesians 2.18, through Christ, Ephesians 3.12, in Christ, by, through, in. The ladder gives access by, through, on, or in. The ladder gives access. All right, but then... There's the next step, after access, there's a word, another wonderful word, which is the word approach. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find 
free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at Tom Cantor, that's T-O-M-C-A-N-T-O-R, Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org, Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. You're invited to Christmas Under the Stars at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California, Saturday, December 12th from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Activities for the entire family, including a live nativity, caroling candlelit museum tours, ornament making, cookie decorating, star exploration, and a special Star of Bethlehem message by guest Paul Taylor. Join us for this family-free Christmas event at the Creation Museum, 619-599-1104 or creationsd.org. Looking for an exciting career in the medical field or biotech industry? Join Scanabody's Biologics, founded by a Christian businessman, Tom Cantor. It's a premier company dedicated to advancing patient care and serving the community of San Diego. Scanabody's has global operations and over 700 employees and growing. And if you have a heart for people and a desire to join a leading biotech company, call us 619-258-9300, 619-258-9300, scanabodies.com, that's scanabodies.com. 